You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Podcast. And be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 21 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week I am so excited to bring you a conversation with a new friend that I met. Um, We were both speakers at the Brave Conference put on by Sisters in Christ International back in June in Jacksonville, Florida, and her message was so powerful and just the way she speaks, she's so filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I immediately put her on my list to interview her for the podcast. Um, So without further ado, let me welcome entrepreneur, military wife, mom of three, Juliana Pauline Call. Welcome to the show, Jules. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Jess. Uh, so as we get started, I was wondering if you could let us know just a little background um, about who you are and how you came to know the Lord. Yeah, so basically I'm a girl who is one of four, but I'm the only girl of that four. So having grown up in the church, I knew how to check all my boxes, but I found myself quite empty by about junior year. I had hit all the milestones. I had done all the things and I really started becoming the Christian who partied because it felt a little bit more like that might be the space to fill all the emptiness inside. When I went on this adventure in my freshman year of college to a Young Life camp with our church youth group from the campus I was on, it was so interesting because I went to the ocean at one point after they gave the gospel message. I had been in church my whole life, but had never really understood the difference knowing the father loved me, but there was something that was just a little bit more that I longed for. After they shared that Christ died for all of my junk and chases me down with his love, they said, now go on a quiet time. And I literally asked them, what is that? <laughs> and so they said, just go on a walk. I catch music pretty quick. So I just started song, singing the, some of the songs I'd learned that weekend and walked out to the ocean. And I realized I'd always been at the beach. I'd always been at church. I'd always been at the right place. But being at the beach doesn't mean looking at the sand dunes and saying, oh, do I need to climb up that one? Let me race and get that. Oh, that actually, it's that one over there. Let me go race and get that. It wasn't the effort engaged at the beach that made me okay to be at the beach. It actually, looking out of the ocean was quite interesting because it was like the Lord was out there big and deep and beautiful and calling, but so untamed, right? He is good, but not tame, says C.S. Lewis in Narnia. And what's so profound about it is that being at the beach in love with God is actually standing at the ocean's edge and falling backwards and letting his love cover over you. Because every single wave that came up was like, I am faithful. I am faithful. Just waves upon waves of grace. So I think that that was really where my songs that I've been singing became a prayer to the God of my life, became this full surrender. And when I came to know the Lord, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, this is what it is to love you? And so it was so cool to walk into a season of such abundant life with him. I just started reading the word as if it was my own, not just checking the box at a VBS, which is very important, but just missing the wholeness of his heart poured out through ours. And that engagement of his life and mine, I'll never be the same. Mm. So what happened next? You have this, I mean, and that was such a beautiful explanation. I can just picture those waves and 
gave me the chills. I loved it. So as you have this transformation, where did God take you next? And what did He start to do throughout your life that made you want to continue walking with Him? Well, that's a really cute part of the story because enter plot twist. I give my whole heart to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, oh my gosh, I am a two wing three on the Enneagram. So I am a team builder and I want the team to grow. I don't want to sit in Kumbaya. I want to change the world. And so I literally was like, do you want me to go to the ends of the earth? I would do that for you, Lord. Like I would love you so much. I would go to the ends of the earth too for you. So I become, you know, active in the youth group. I become a sea kayak guide as a summer job between my sophomore and junior year. And all of a sudden, God allowed, like I saved three lives, height of spiritual connection with God. But around that time, I started developing something that I had to, I could only kind of chalk up to spiritual dynamics of like a panic attack. But um, it was so crazy because as I go through that process, I was so humbled that I had to go. He pulled me away from my independence, from my family. He pulled me away from anything that I was able to go back to school for. I had to go. He pulled me kicking and screaming, like took away every single thing of stability in my life. And I was dropped into a pit. I was raised in the beautiful hills of Berkeley, California. And he dropped me in the pit of Vegas because my parents had relocated and I did not want to be there. I would rather have been a garbage man in Kansas and... Instead, he I literally was like, Lord. And for six months, every single day, I would cry until I had no more tears. And I was like, Lord, I told you I would go to the end of the earth for you, not the pit of the earth. <laughs> and he literally let me sit there as I hit rock bottom. I found and when the dust settled that I had fallen on the rock of ages and I had nothing to offer. He took away my financial independence, my physical health my independence from my family. And I had to come back to this place where I had to rebuild. At that point, it wasn't a healthy space. And I found myself all of a sudden, not in my junior year of college, but kind of wading through the mud in Las Vegas. I started working for Young Life and was a head leader there and then was hired onto a church that was a Willow Creek Association church um, shortly thereafter. And he started building me up as a living stone, totally different than I thought that my life would look. And it was so interesting because my husband, who was looking for love in all the wrong places, got saved in the church I was working at. And so he put his foot on a rock and God gave him a firm place to stand and new grace was real and lived a completely whole, incredible life after giving his life to Christ. Started asking me out like the next month. And as we drove away after our wedding, um, which is a whole nother story for another day. Um, but it was so profound to leave that valley. And I looked back before we left it, heading out onto this military adventure with him. Um, he, the Lord said to me, would you go back to the desert to get the fruit that you've received on the other side? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was crazy. It was like, he allowed me to hit rock bottom. And because of that, because when I hit rock bottom, I fell on the rock of ages. Like he will not let you leave you orphan. He will yeah. come for you. It's so powerful to realize I started mentoring women at that church who were in my ministry who were twice my age, but I didn't know their story. I didn't know what it was like to go through what they went through. But what I did know was that God knew their story. And I could go back to the word and say, I don't know what it feels like to go through that personally, but I do know that our God will not leave you orphan. Yeah. And when you know that with conviction, no one can take that away from you. And so 
Although it was like this beautiful story of abundant living, it was also quite tested pretty quickly within a fire that I will never be the same because watching ministry happened in Vegas around me after he started building me back up into this beautiful space of of abundant life. It was so interesting because it wasn't based on my efforts. It was literally, again, like, okay, I surrender. This is your life. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I step back and you step in, Lord, and you show me what's about, what this Mm -hmm. is all about. And he started showing up and showing off in ways that I could never have known. Wow. And I love that just in the desert, a literal desert also, but even in these figurative deserts we walk through, God can bring the most beautiful fruit. And He brought you your husband, and now you're on this adventure that only God could have seen. Um, And I loved how you said, too, you were willing to go to the ends of the earth for God. And I that is very similar to my story. I have always said like, Lord, take me anywhere. I'll go anywhere. And yet when he wants me to stay put, I'm like, wait, no, I said I want to go. <laughs> like it's so much easier sometimes to go and do the exciting adventure. But when he tells us to stay and be patient and wait in him and lean in him, that feels harder sometimes. Um, and when you said that, I just felt like somebody out there is has that like itch to go and maybe God is opening doors, but sometimes the ends of the earth mean the end of your driveway or your neighborhood. It's like God has you where you're at for a purpose right mm-hmm. now. Um, so speaking of purpose, as you now in the part of your story, we're at you're married, your husband's in the military. And so how do you start to discover your purpose as you walk with your husband in his military journey? Well, I think that it's so interesting to walk as a woman who is after God's heart, but also fiercely for people, because you realize that I used to be an echo chamber of self-doubt, like everybody's highs and lows would matter so much to me. And that was really hard always being new. I think we've moved 14 times with the military and every single time I'm very familiar with walking into a room of women I don't know and really feeling alone and being there for about four to six months, you kind of know everybody then. And that's almost more lonely when you've moved because then they know you, but they don't invite you to their Christmas dinner or to the thing that they do every year because you're not that person yet. And so Holy Spirit is so intimate in that journey, but it's so interesting as a friend empathizing with the lonely and empathizing with people who might be surrounded by people, but feel unseen because whether you move or whether you stay, Holy Spirit is so intimate as a friend. And and I remember a couple of years ago, I realized I hadn't really spent time with him. Like I knew Jesus was like my buddy, you know, my Lord, my savior and my friend, And, you know, Father was there to protect and guide and shepherd, but Holy Spirit was this whole part of God I hadn't prayed to. And so I spent almost a whole year just saying, I want to get to know you, this whole third part of God that I didn't really know. And I read Francis Chan's Forgotten God, and he talked about how there was a tractor and they had always had this tractor and this town had as far as land as you could see, but they pushed the tractor and they pulled the tractor and they would bear enough fruit from the acre that they could push and pull it to feed their town. But then one day, someone in the top level of a barn saw this manual for the tractor. They blew off the dust. And then they said, wait a minute, there's power in the tractor. And from that point on, the villagers turned on the tractor, sat back in the tractor, and the tractor 
made the land bear fruit as far as you could see so that it would not only bear fruit for their village, but for the villages all around. And I think that understanding that space of purpose that God has in his book of life, an internal purpose for you, that he's purposed through your life, that the struggles and the strengths and the good and the grit, all of it kind of comes together wrapped up in the story of like, who are you? What has he done in your life? And what is he about to move in through what you're about to step into? And I would just so encourage the person who feels like maybe the ends of the earth is more like the end of their definition of their life. Because I remember I had walked through a really hard time with a really dear friend and it hurt me so deeply, just on such an intimate level where there wasn't reconciliation. I could do nothing about it. And I read two books that were really great. Um, when to Walk Away by I think it's Gary Chapman. And then um, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes is newer by Lisa Turkers. Both books are very good about how do you hold space for people when you're walking through transition and in a friendship. And that was really healthy for me as a two to listen to because I'm very much a connector. And I like to know, I mean, someone can call me a bad word to my face and I'd be like, awesome, refreshing. Like I know where you stand now. Instead, when they pull away, but they say nothing. It almost hurts uh, so much more personally for Mm -hmm. me because I'd rather know how to honor them best. And so in that space of Holy Spirit teaching me in many different people groups and many different moves, what was so interesting about it is that he's just reminded me so much that in the highs and lows, instead of going to like a New York subway with your book of life open, like, well, what, what do you say about me? And how do I feel with you? And how does this work? you literally get to take the word of God and put that on that paper that you're not going to a thousand faces on Instagram to get who you are or what you're worth, but literally you get to anchor deep in the God of ages because his ways don't change. And what he said over you before time began was that you're whole, complete and lacking no good thing. And I think when you are tested in that, it is very easy when you've got a picket fence and you don't move you got your besties from kindergarten and your spouse comes home every night. But when the guys deploy and you've been rocked again or something has been taken away or there's a diagnosis or there's something that is just shaking you to your core, whether you move or not, there are moments where it is so raw. Mm-hmm. And I remember the season when I one of my moves that I was just felt raw for a season. Like I literally talked to a woman because we always engage counseling when there's a transition um, that is kind of bigger than our pay grade, so to speak. Like I can't, if I, if my self-management can't figure it out, like if I don't have it within me to figure it out, I go and engage higher calling. So normally like I, it's like a godly mentor I pay is how I see it. And I love that. You got to find the right flavor. Um, but I think what's powerful about that is that I remember talking to her and saying, I just feel so raw. And we talked about cocooning and what that means. And a caterpillar literally sits there as this little fuzzy nugget on the leaf. And he's eaten a certain way and everything he's ever done has been a certain way, right? And then there's this moment where he just feels a tug, like he's supposed to go. And he goes up on this leaf and he goes upside down and he literally starts creating this cocoon. Doesn't even know why, right? He's like, just knows it's in him. He has to create this cocoon, this space away. Everyone else is buzzing, they're moving, they're shaking, and they're called away. This particular caterpillar is in a chrysalis now. And in that moment, literally in the caterpillar, he dissolves, he emits an enzyme that physically dissolves anything he could see. 
He literally has to surrender so much to the process. He emits an enzyme that physically dissolves his body. And I remember thinking, nothing seems familiar. Everything's the same, but it feels so raw that it feels like everything has changed for me, but nothing has changed for someone else or anyone else around me. You know, like I'm just so raw. I just feel so unfamiliar in this territory right now. And Holy Spirit was so kind. And we talked through it in this season of counseling where it was like in a caterpillar, when you're in that season in the chrysalis, you have to emit that enzyme to allow the move of God on you. And there's certain organs inside of you that are no longer needed, like coping mechanisms, things you used to do to get to you to where you are right now that are no longer needed for the season you're about to go into. There's other organs that literally are seeds of organs inside of you that are going to become organs and certain organs become bigger because of the season you're about to walk into. And in that space, I would say it's probably, I don't even know, seven, eight months of this season. I mean, it was a long season of just identity reformation and that transformational move of God. Every single week, I saw dozens of butterflies. I don't even know why. I was like, this is the weirdest thing. I remember sitting on my car, not moving my car because there was a butterfly sitting on my car for like five minutes and it was dancing around. And I literally was like, I get it, God, that it's coming, that it's coming, that I'm not there yet, but the wings are coming. And the wings are so that what he's going to do through my life isn't different, but it's better and it's more powerful. As an entrepreneur for the last 17 years, I've moved through so many different seasons. And I think what's so powerful is just realizing like you can think you're all that in a certain season, but you change some circumstances and you just really realize it is the heart of God to move through your family, through your story and through your rhythms that maybe you have to upgrade some systems. Maybe you have to upgrade some um, mentalities with God that are no longer needed. And I definitely have had moments where I've had to tell the Lord, God, I know that you won't leave me orphan. Will you show up and show off in a way that only you can? Because I feel like I know you prepare a table in front of my enemies of a banquet, but I'm kind of making some PBJs alongside just in case you don't come through. (laughs) And so Holy Spirit's so kind. And that's why I say like, get to know him because he's really... um, He's like the, you know, when you put your hand into clay and then you pull it out or for like your kid, um, you see the opposite part. That's a partnership to you. Mm-hmm. I feel like at a soul level, that's like, if your soul is empty, like, like get to know him. Cause he is so the partner to your soul. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. And if you don't, have, if you don't have that, like the very power of that fingerprint of God in your life is so crazy. Cause like, that's what raised Jesus from the dead. And if he raised Jesus from the dead, he can get through you through your darkest night. He can meet you in your crazy. He can meet you in your moment. Like I think the number one prayer of our family that I always giggle with my girlfriends is that I'm always like, Lord, turn this day 180 degrees. Cause if you've ever had kids, you just know that there's days where like the wheels about to come off and you're like, and it's not going to be me who's going to save it. And so Jesus is so kind to come alongside um, in our moments, right? And really uh, speak a word that, like it says in Isaiah, that is a sure foundation. Like there's so many things that can change. There's so many things that, and if you've never had a season where you are rocked to the raw, um, there will be a moment where you're rocked to the raw. And it tends to be that circumstances within our power are really comfortable. And you look at someone else and you're like, oh, she's a hot mess. And then you're like, okay, wait a minute. What about the day when you have no ability 
to lift your own head. And it says that he lifts you up out of the muck and mire. He lifts you up, right? And he just gives you a firm place to stand. And I think that that encouragement to me, because I do have a very strong wing of three, I have an achiever in me. I used to go for trophies and for accolades and for girls. And then there came a moment when it was probably one of those healthy, beautiful moves of God in my business um, where he was like, Jules, all of your girls come from me. And when all of your girls come from me, the rest is gravy. Like it is such a blessing to hold that space with God. Yeah, man. So what encouragement or word do you have for that person who feels like they're in that cocoon right now and everything is being stripped away and they're waiting for their wings, but it's just really hard and raw. Do you have any anything for them right now? I would so encourage um, just the sisterhood of Sisters in Christ International. I love the fact that when you get in the word, um, it reminds you that people have walked that too. Mm-hmm. And as a military wife in unconventional times, it's definitely been cool to just see that God isn't shaken by this. Like I might be shaking, but I am unshaken. And I think that when you anchor yourself to the principles of God and when you anchor yourself to the principles of like, okay, if I have a day where I can see no good thing, right? God says, I made you whole, complete, lacking no good thing. I made you whole, complete, lacking no good thing. And in this raw, allow me to reform you. You will find the grounding. You will find the peace in the middle of all that. And it will come. It's almost like every single thing that he's building up like a living stone, he's going to make a new story and a new song come to your heart. And so joy does come in the morning. And I remember going on a run and I turned the corner and all of a sudden this majestic elm was probably three stories tall, but it had no leaves on it. And I remember him whispering to me, Jules, do you see that tree? Like, do you see that tree? And I was like, yeah, I totally see the tree, Lord. Like, what what do you want me to see? And what he said is he said, that tree is not nervous that it doesn't have leaves. It's not freaking out like, oh my God, I have no leaves. I'm so embarrassed like that one Pixar film where the feet get shorn. Uh, This is not a moment of freak out for the tree. And I remember at a point in my business when I was praying so hard about breakthrough and the Lord showed me that I was looking at everyone else's fruit and he was building my trunk strong enough that Mm -hmm. as he built it up and out bigger, it would be so that others could rest in the leaves and the branches with with like birds. And I think when I saw that tree and it was winter, the tree was not concerned because he trusted the father's provision that spring was coming. And that spring was just like that. When I see that tree, I don't think freak out. I just think spring's coming and that we have to look at our lives and understanding the cyclical nature of God, that he literally cannot go against his nature, that he brings winter so that spring can bring up bulbs you didn't even know he had already planted. And sometimes that's in friendships you didn't know. Sometimes it's in a breakthrough or in an opportunity or in a business um, courageous moment that you realize, you know what, this is like what the enemy meant for harm. I'm going to take that and 
like Christine Kane says, put it in his pipe so he can smoke it. Um, but I just feel like there's tons, sometimes where you just have to tell the devil to go back to hell where he belongs. And I really think it comes down to the self-doubt and the questioning that he just wants us to go where that season of the rock cocoon was really about identity to me and where I anchor it and how do I anchor myself stronger in his identity over me, then it shifted into authority, understanding how to walk with your head held high and your heart strong, knowing that like in Luke 11, it talks about, or Luke 10, I think it is, um, he walks among snakes and scorpions, but they're under our feet. And it says that he was immediately filled with joy. And I think sometimes when we see the snakes and scorpions and the gross and the gar- uh, gritty and the tough, um, we don't want to lean in. We don't want to walk there. I'm walking into a season of such hard, for, with our family, just a hard call of military separation and man, does it take some courage. And I probably cried about four and a half hours when I first heard about this news of just the hard call of the next couple of years for our family. And oh my heart, the Lord brought to me after that four and a half hours, just pouring out my soul to the Lord, just asking him really like, what does obedience look like right now? What what am I supposed to see? He showed me Isaiah 42 through 46 for about two hours. Like I just sat there with no emotion, raw with all my tears, teared out, right? And I saw in there that he says that he goes before us. And I saw in there that he says he's a mighty hero. And I think that when you realize he is a sure foundation, it says the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. And I think when you think about fear in 2023, you've got to know that fear is not an emotion, it's a spirit. And if you think about the moments when you are like shutter down your spine, fear, every part of you is shaken you want to think if every molecule in that moment you can sense because you're afraid or you're scared or you're intimidated, flipping that into respect, holy, holy awe and, and awesomeness of God about to move, that's what he's encouraging us towards with the fear of the Lord as the key to this treasure that our authority and our, our confidence in Christ can be given in that moment when you feel the most raw. And I think when in that time came that I had spent all that time with the Lord, I really don't think it would have come if I hadn't lingered in that space with Holy Spirit. Yeah. I kind of canceled everything of my day because I knew my heart could not move forward in authenticity without time with God. He stopped me completely in my tracks. And I took this vi- uh, visual of a picture that I have in my wall. And now it is a painting. I don't even know if it's real. We picked it up off of a guy at a corner of a gas station in Groton, Connecticut, like 20 years ago, because we've been married 21 years. So we literally picked up this picture of Tuscany and we've never been there, but we're excited to go, but it's in my bedroom and it's this beautiful, abundant garden with paths to walk. And it just reminds me of the adventure he's called us to and the adventures he's calling us towards. And there's a villa and a beautiful space he's preparing for us in each one. He partners with us in the adventure for sure. And he shows me in this moment after pouring out my heart and soul, going to the word to anchor deep. And he says, do you see the mountains behind all of that? Kind of the farthest field of view in this particular painting. And I looked at the mountains and I've had this painting for 20 years and I never really had seen the mountains. Like I saw them, but I didn't see them. And they're this beautiful hue of purple kind of contrasted against the abundant gardens in the forefront and the villa in the middle um, calling us home. These mountains are just beyond. And he says to me as clear as day, he says, Jules, and I had been telling him, God, we've been doing this for so long. Why does it have to get harder? 
Like, what if you don't want to go into the hard? What if you don't want to say like, check, please, like, don't want to go when God calls you go. Um, and it's so crazy because I thought about Caleb at 80 and he reminded me, you know, because Caleb wasn't like, um, we've been to this mountain. We've done this before. Like, can't we just get a break, God? And instead, he's offered the oasis. He's offered the rivers. He's offered the calm places. And Caleb says at 80, I'm going to take the hills. And I know there's giants, but my God is going to be there with me. Mm-hmm. And the Lord spoke as clear as I could totally tattoo it on my arm. Visual, as crisp as, you know, sun when it breaks through on the horizon. He says to me, Jules, I know you just poured out this whole part, but would you go to the mountains if you knew that I was in it? Would you go take the hills if you knew I was there? And the kindness of God, like, would you go to the mountains if you knew I was there? I literally thought to myself, like, the kindness of God to not minimize the hard but to say that he'd be with me in it yeah. was so tender. And I think that that's where you have to be anchored so deep in God's word because he's going to download things to you and your specific call from what he's written before time began. Like I was called, I laid down my business so many times and he has called me so fiercely to a clearer vision than ever before to raise up godly leaders, to impact families for, for life, to the full from the inside out. I never knew that our gut health impacts our mind and our emotions and our anxiety and our happiness and our sleep and those key factors of a healthy life, a vibrancy. In the middle of the stress, in the middle of the crazy, you can stay steady. Mm-hmm. And there are things you can do to anchor so deep, but he will equip you. And sometimes it's staying in that space, like you said, so that you lean into the heartbeat of God right in the raw so that he can build something that he's never built before through you. The whole, I told, yes. Okay. Total honest moment. I literally put on my skivs today and I thought to myself, new wine skin, new wine skin, new wine skin. Cause he's doing something new. And that sounds so silly, but like this literally came to my mind when I put on my skivvies today. And so it sounds silly, but God will delight your heart and he will make you laugh and he will make you um, realize that in the moments where you feel most alone, Holy Spirit is that partner and a paraclete to come alongside to help you take mountains that you never could do on your own. And that's the power of God. And so if he walked through the darkest moment with Jesus and helped him overcome the grave, Jesus couldn't do that in his own strength. Like in the God's divine design, he invited Holy Spirit to be the power so that we would know that we're not without that that we really do have the power to walk through fire and not be burned. In fact, to hold their head held high and heart strong, inviting our friends, inspiring our friends to do the same. And then when you walk out, you don't smell smoke, especially when you anchor into great resources and the healthy rhythm of counseling and physical workouts and quiet time. But really, I think my biggest encouragement, if you're a mom, anchoring deep with your kids off tech. I think that anchoring deep with your kids, to me, with my boys who are 17 and 13, since they were third and fifth grade, um, I literally have been throwing the football with them or the baseball with them and just talking about our day. And they start to talk about the things and the things they see in the moment. And if you don't have that space with your children, it is a critical priority to make sure that your favorite FaceTime is unplugged and that your favorite FaceTime is 
um, the heart of the one that is right in your home. And if you don't have children, I would so call you to lean into your community because there's probably a baby girl or a sweet boy out there who has no idea that they were made for more. And your story of what you've overcome can be the courage to them that will literally not only save their life, but set them on a whole new level of power and understanding and impact that could never have happened if you hadn't been brave. Mm, That is so good. So I feel like you've touched on this a little bit, but what would you say is your biggest passion in life and business? I would say at the end of the day, right now, it's been in different seasons, but oh my gosh, I'm so pumped about parenting uh, bravely because I feel like we are the first generation of parents that have kids on tech and we get so wild as parents. We like take our hands off the wheel as if our kids know what they're doing on this tech. And when we were growing up, we would know not to walk down the girly bar street or that's kind of a dangerous place to stay in the neighborhood. But Mr. Jones and Aunt Sally and Uncle Joe, they're good. But in a tech world, all of those spaces are within two seconds of your kid going onto YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's generally, I found, not your stuff as much as it is the friends' devices that you have to teach your kids, A, about the wholeness of sex and what God's intentional design is and what God made whole, complete, lacking, no good thing, their identity in Christ and how good he is to make them just the way they are. But to also recognize that the first bite that Eve took of that apple, they already knew everything good. The only thing it opened up was the knowledge of evil. And I think when you realize how dark that bite must have felt, if you've ever seen anything or walked through anything, you just feel really shaken or like, oh, just this awfulness. You get to see that, okay, tell your kids, yeah, you will see. Like parents want to build a wall high enough. This intentional world against our children wants your baby's faces, right? And if you've had any sort of tech, unless you're Amish, like you really have this in your world and you have to teach your kids how to know if God made something whole, complete, lacking, no good thing, which includes sex within marriage, like not a thing to me. It's an easy thing to talk to my kids about. It should be for you too. And I think that as a parent, you should be able to be the most confident, the most healthy and uh, focus on the family's um Weekend to Remember has really good resources for that as well. Um, Their passport to purity is awesome. Um, When it comes to the tree of the knowledge, good and evil, though, your kids will interface with the darkness and it'll come through a Cardi B song or a YouTube thing that's suggested. So when they see it, not if, but when they see it at five, at 12, at 15, you have to be honest about this and you got to have a big enough bridge with your kid that they would talk to you about the hard and they will know it. I told my kids, I said, you know, God made things whole, complete, lacking, no good thing in the Bible. That's what it says in Genesis, right? You read it right there. But when you're touching that space of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, there's stuff that my husband and I wouldn't even touch, right? There's stuff we wouldn't even search out. I tell my kids, I said, but when you see stuff like that, you'll feel a tug, like you'll sense it's off. And when you see that come to us, like, let's talk because you've got to equip your kids to be warriors in the world and warriors in their generation. It's different generations than Mm -hmm. ever before because so much is accessible to their peers. So you can't be a sheep that has his eyes closed. You have to be a warrior parent leaning in with prayer. The power of a praying parent is a great place to start by Stormy Martin. And I think that my passion in my business, I'm a VP with Arbonne and we run this like 30 days reset that kind of gets people off of acidic and inflammatory and 
allergenic foods and towards like a more whole foods lifestyle. It was great for busy people. And I think that what I like about it is I didn't realize that gut health was such a critical part. And I feel like one of the biggest things for me is people are exhausted and they're kind of just going from coffee to coffee or Red Bull to Red Bull or Celsius to Celsius. And when you can anchor back into healthy rhythms as a family or as a student, or maybe you're like single and you don't have any um, desire except to go on a mission field. I think that when you realize that the people who make the biggest impact, they know how to take care of themselves, their health and their people. And I think that at that, that space, God really has given us the design to like, take care of yourself, like find those healthy rhythms, anchor deep in that healthy space. Like everything with Arbonne is all vegan, it's gluten-free and it's like 2000 degrees we don't have so that there's no junk in the toxicity that you talk about when it comes to your sponsor as well with Beauty Counter. And I think the cool thing that we get to harmonize with in this business world is just recognizing that like when I help someone with skincare, when I help someone with gut health, or when I help a family kind of regain their steps of power and purpose and intentionality in their just everyday rhythms, um, instead of pouring yourself out so that you're exhausted by the end of the day, barking at your kids, you really can shift back take back the space that the enemy is trying to steal, kill and destroy from you and purposefully intentionally invest in small things that add up to a whole lot of a really great life over time. And I think if you were to shift off of social media and get back into the actual real relationships, um, it is more raw, it is more difficult. And some of the resources I mentioned this um, podcast, you'll appreciate in different seasons you're in. But the abundant life in Christ promises that no matter what we walk through in this season of the world, he is sure. And he is a sure foundation and he is four walls around you and he is the heart of your home. And he has given you strength to be able to engage, but we do have a stewardship for such a time as this. And so part of it is to believe that he's created us for such a time as this. He's not given our kids an orphan calling. He is a powerful partner with them and he will equip them. And if you don't equip them with the wholeness of identity in Christ, they will get it from echoes of imitators from society because they can open their Instagram, Snapchat or whatever and get a thousand different faces. But when Adam was formed, he opened his eyes and the first face he saw was the heart of the father looking over him. And so you have to do the same. And so my encouragement is to be bold in seeking out. And if you don't get him, if you don't understand the father or understand the parts of God, challenge him and tell him, God, you said that you would be with me in this. You say that this is true. Show me how that's true in this situation. And my biggest prayer in times of uncertainty, like what we're walking into is, Lord, bless my kids or bless my husband or bless those I love with the heart's desire or wow them with something bigger. Yes, that is so good. And we are out of time, but final question. Um, Did we miss anything? Is there anything that Holy Spirit is just laying on your heart right now to share with our listeners as kind of a final word? My biggest encouragement would be take a blank piece of paper after this podcast and on the left-hand side, write what is no longer you and allow him to transform what lie has been spoken over you that you need to release because that is caterpillar world. If he's calling you higher, you need to take on truth and put on faith and shower yourself like at the beach, just 
know he's chasing you down to this podcast. He is covering you with his love. It says in Zephaniah 3.17 that he is a mighty warrior, that he is in your midst, that he rejoices over you as singing, and that he quiets you with his love. And when you lean into that space by you putting pen to paper, wherever you are at a taxi cab, Uber, or at your lunch break at work, take a moment and release and take on. And wherever you need to release, always take something on because it says that if you get rid of a strong man, he'll bring in seven if you don't replace it with something more powerful. And there's nothing more powerful than the word of God and what he has done in your life. No one can take that away from you. So God bless. Amen. Jules, thank you so much for being on today. It's been a pleasure. The Collected Podcast is sponsored in part by Beauty Counter. Use the link in our show notes to shop for all of your clean beauty needs and 10% of the profits will go directly back to benefiting the podcast. Also, use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off of your first purchase. What an amazing conversation with Jules. I hope that you feel encouraged and just motivated and energized after listening to that and being a part of that conversation. I just feel excited about seeing what God is going to do next through this community and um, just through all the different communities of faith that you each are a part of and what God is building and spurring you on to. So I pray that you leave this episode feeling energized and excited to see like what new wings God is giving you. So I just pray that you have a wonderful week and continue to experience God in new ways, um, whether you're you know, in that kind of raw cocoon season or whether you're experiencing those waves of God's faithfulness um, or just <laughs> putting on your new wineskins every day. Um, I just hope you are resting in the Lord and uh, having a great week. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries.